Epistle 25 of Epistles of Cyprian by Cyprian, translated by Robert Wallace. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Epistle 25 Moises, Maximus, Nicostratus, and the other confessors answer the foregoing letter. Argument They gratefully acknowledge the consolation which the Roman confessors had received from Cyprian's letter. Martyrdom is not a punishment, but a happiness. The words of the gospel are brands to inflame faith. In the case of the lapsed, the judgment of Cyprian is acquiesced in. To Caecilius Cyprian, Bishop of the Church of the Carthaginians, Moises and Maximus, Presbyters, and Nicostratus and Rufinus, Deacons, and the other confessors persevering in the faith of the truth, in God the Father, and in his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and in the Holy Spirit, greeting, placed, brother, as we are among various and manifold sorrows on account of the present desolations of many brethren throughout almost the whole world, this chief consolation has reached us, that we have been lifted up by the receipt of your letter, and have gathered some alleviation for the griefs of our saddened spirit, from which we can already perceive that the grace of divine providence wished to keep us so long shut up in the prison chains, perhaps for no other reason than that, instructed and more vigorously animated by your letter, we might with a more earnest will attain to the destined crown, for your letter has shown upon us as a calm in the midst of a tempest, and as the longed-for tranquility in the midst of a troubled sea, and as repos in labors, as health in dangers and pains, as in the densest darkness the bright and glowing light. Thus we drank it up with a thirsty spirit, and received it with a hungry desire, so that we rejoice to find ourselves by it sufficiently fed and strengthened for encounter with the foe. The Lord will reward you for that love of yours, and will restore you the fruit due to this so good work. For he who exhorts is not less worthy of the reward of the crown than he who suffers. Not less worthy of praise is he who has taught than he who has acted also. He is not less to be honored who has warned than he who has fought. Except that sometimes the weight of glory more redounds to him who trains than to him who has shown himself a teachable learner, for the latter, perchance, would not have had what he has practiced unless the former had taught him. Therefore, again, we say, Brother Cyprian, we have received great joy, great comfort, great refreshment, especially in that you have described with glorious and deserved praises the glorious, I will not say, deaths, but immortalities of martyrs. For such departures should have been proclaimed with such words, that the things which were related might be told in such manner as they were done. Thus, from your letter, we saw those glorious triumphs of the martyrs, and with our eyes in some sort have followed them as they went to heaven and have contemplated them seated among angels, and the powers and dominions of heaven. Moreover, 
we have in some manner perceived with our ears the Lord giving them the promised testimony in the presence of the Father. It is this, then, which also raises our spirit day by day, and inflames us to the following of the track of such dignity. For what more glorious, or what more blessed, can happen to any man from the divine condensation than to confess the Lord God in death itself, before his very executioners, than among the raging and varied and exquisite tortures of worldly power, even when the body is racked and torn and cut to pieces, to confess Christ, the Son of God, with the Spirit still free, although departing, than to have mounted to heaven with the world left behind, than having forsaken man to stand among the angels, than all worldly impediments being broken through, all ready to stand free in the sight of God, then to enjoy the heavenly kingdom without delay, then to have become an associate of Christ's passion in Christ's name, then to have become by the divine condensation the judge of one's own judge, then to have brought off an unstained conscience from the confession of his name, then to have refused to obey human and sacrilegious laws against the faith, then to have borne witness to the truth with a public testimony, then by dying to have subdued death itself, which is dreaded by all, then by death itself to have attained immortality, then when torn to pieces and tortured by all the instruments of cruelty, to have overcome the torture by the tortures themselves, then by strength of mind to have wrestled with all the agonies of a mangled body, then not to have shuddered at the flow of one's own blood, then to have begun to love one's punishments after having faith to bear them, then to think it an injury to one's life not to have left it. For to this battle, our Lord, as with the trumpet of his gospel, stimulates us when he says, quote, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth his own soul more than me is not worthy of me, and he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. End quote. And again, quote, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed shall ye be when men shall persecute you and hate you. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for so did their fathers persecute the prophets which were before you. End quote. And again, quote, Because ye shall stand before kings and powers, and the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the son, and he that endureth to the end shall be saved. End quote. And, quote, to him that overcometh will I give to sit on my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down on the throne of my father. End quote. Moreover, the apostle, quote, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, are we killed all the day long? 
we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors for him who hath loved us. End quote. When we read these things, and things of the like kind, brought together in the gospel, and feel, as it were, torches placed upon us, with the Lord's words to inflame our faith, we not only do not dread, but we even provoke the enemies of the truth, and we have already conquered the opponents of God by the very fact of our not yielding to them, and have subdued their nefarious laws against the truth. And although we have not yet shed our blood, we are prepared to shed it. Let no one think that this delay of our departure is any clemency, for it obstructs us, it makes a hindrance to our glory, it puts off heaven, it withholds the glorious sight of God. For in a contest of this kind, and in the kind of contest when faith is struggling in the encounter, it is not true clemency to put off martyrs by delay. Entreat, therefore, beloved Cyprian, that of his mercy the Lord will every day more and more arm and adorn every one of us with greater abundance and readiness, and will confirm and strengthen us by the strength of his power, and, as a good captain, will at length bring forth his soldiers, whom he has hitherto trained and proved in the camp of our passion, to the field of the battle set before them. May he hold forth to us the divine arms, those weapons that know not how to be conquered, the breastplate of righteousness, which is never accustomed to be broken, the shield of faith, which cannot be pierced through, the helmet of salvation, which cannot be shattered, and the sword of the Spirit, which has never been wont to be injured. For to whom should we rather commit these things for him to ask for us than to our so glorious bishop as destined victims ask help of the priest? Behold, another joy of ours, that, in the duty of your episcopate, although, in the meantime, you have been, owing to the condition of the times, divided from your brethren, you have frequently confirmed the confessors by your letters, that you have ever afforded necessary supplies from your own just acquisitions, that in all things you have always shown yourself in some sense present, that in no part of your duty have you hung behind as a deserter. But what more strongly stimulated us to a greater joy we cannot be silent upon, but must describe with all the testimony of our voice. For we observe that you have both rebuked with fitting censure and worthily those who, unmindful of their sins, had, with hasty and eager desire, extorted peace from the presbyters in your absence, and those who, without respect for the gospel, had with profane facility granted the holiness of the Lord unto dogs and pearls to swine, although a great crime, and one which has extended with incredible destructiveness almost over the whole earth, ought only, as you yourself write, to be treated cautiously and with moderation, and the advice of all the bishops, presbyters, deacons, confessors, and even the laymen who abide fast, as in your letters, you yourself also testify, so that, while wishing unseasonably to bring repairs to the ruins, we may not appear to be bringing about other and greater destruction. For where 
is the divine word left if pardon be so easily granted to sinners. Certainly, their spirits are to be cheered and to be nourished up to the season of their maturity, and they are to be instructed from the holy scriptures how great and surpassing a sin they have committed. Nor let them be animated by the fact that they are many, but rather let them be checked by the fact that they are not few. An unblushing number has never been accustomed to have weight in extenuation of a crime, but shame, modesty, patience, discipline, humility, and subjection, waiting for the judgment of others upon itself, and bearing the sentence of others upon its own judgment. This it is which proves penitence, this it is which skins over a deep wound, this it is which raises up the ruins of the fallen spirit and restores them, which quells and restrains the burning vapor of their raging sins. For the physician will not give to the sick the food of healthy bodies, lest the unseasonable nourishment, instead of repressing, should stimulate the power of the raging disease, that is to say, lest what might have been sooner diminished by abstinence, should, through impatience, be prolonged by growing indigestion. Hands, therefore, polluted with impious sacrifices, must be purified with good works, and wretched mouths, defiled with accursed foods, must be purged with words of true penitence, and the spirit must be renewed and consecrated in the recesses of the faithful heart. Let the frequent groanings of the penitents be heard. Let faithful tears be shed from the eyes, not once only, but again and again, so that those very eyes which wickedly looked upon idols may wash away, with tears that satisfy God, the unlawful things that they had done. Nothing is necessary for diseases but patience. They who are weary and weak wrestle with their pain, and so at length hope for health, if, by tolerating it, they can overcome their suffering. For unfaithful is the scar which the physician has too quickly produced, and the healing is undone by any little casualty, if the remedies be not used faithfully from their very slowness. The flame is quickly recalled again to a conflagration unless the material of the whole fire be extinguished even to the extremest spark, so that men of this kind should justly know that even they themselves are more advantaged by the very delay, and that more trusty remedies are applied by the necessary postponement. Besides, where shall it be said that they who confess Christ are shut up in the keeping of a squalid prison, if they who have denied him are in no peril of their faith. Where, that they are bound in the cincture of chains in God's name, if they who have not kept the confession of God are not deprived of communion. Where, that the imprisoned martyrs lay down their glorious lives, if those who have forsaken the faith do not feel the magnitude of their dangers and their sins. But if they betray too much impatience and demand communion with intolerable eagerness, they vainly utter with petulant and unbridled tongues those querulous and invidious reproaches which avail nothing against the truth, 
since they might have retained by their own right what now by necessity, which they of their own free will have sought, they are compelled to sue for. For the faith which could confess Christ could also have been kept by Christ in communion. We bid you, blessed and most glorious Father, ever heartily farewell in the Lord, and have us in remembrance. End of Epistle 25 Read by David Ronald